This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.02 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to a special No Bill Sunday slash Chase kickoff edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. Yes, since the Bills played Thursday, I get to be on the air on Sunday as we are back just after a week hiatus, thanks to the Bills schedule, but here we are. Uh, for those of you expecting football coverage, I apologize, but stay tuned. We've got a triple header of NFL games here on WGR today starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the program, again, my name is Dave Buchanan. This show is all about motorsports, whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, drag racing, local tracks in the area. Uh, we always talk about it Sundays when it's not Bills season here on WGR from 11 a.m. to 12 noon. And uh, since, again, the Bills played Thursday, Sunday this little time slot was open, so uh, my boss was nice enough to open it up and let me come back on the air here as we get ready to kick off the playoffs in the NASCAR Spring Cup Series and kind of kick off the playoffs, too, in the local racing tracks, too, as we've got some uh, big end-of-season races here uh, just getting going uh, through these uh, weeks here in September. Uh, Phone lines open at 803-0550. That's 803-0550. The toll-free number is one 888-552-550. First segment here is wide open, in fact. If you want to get a call in, uh, now it would be your uh, most optimal time to do so. Be, so be sure to join us here this morning, 803-0550. Uh, this really wasn't where I was planning to do do the show from. Uh, I was gonna. I was anticipating having to do this show live from uh, Oswego Speedway, actually, and I was prepared for it. I even had the uh, the fancy broadcasting equipment that allowed me to do this show from Watkins Glen two weeks ago. Uh, we were going to do it uh, at Oswego um, this weekend uh, because I was going to be there all weekend for race, uh, the race of champions at Oswego, and I anticipated, looking at the weather forecast, that Saturday's racing was going to get rained out and we'd be racing on Sunday, so I'd have to do the show live from Oswego. Things didn't go exactly as planned. They, there was some rain, but racing got moved to a different weekend, so here I am. I am in studio to join you here for the next hour. Uh, to talk about all things racing. Coming up on today's program, one guest for you this morning. It's going to be at the bottom of the hour. Parker Kligerman from NBC Sports and uh, NASCAR Camperville Truck Series driver and uh, former Xfinity Series driver. Uh, He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk more about the chase with PK at about 11.35. As the chase kicks off, and my monitor just went dark, which is going to make things even more difficult to do this show because I moved it the wrong way, and I think it unplugged itself. So we're off to a flying start. But the chase kicks off today at the Chicagoland Speedway, uh, 2.30 for uh, today's chase kickoff race. And qualifying was uh, rained out already this weekend uh, at the Chicagoland Speedway, so the field set by owner points. So that means Kyle Busch uh, starting on the pole for today's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 400. How about that for a race name? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 400. 
uh, if, you, if you've seen the, if you haven't seen the trophy, uh, I tweeted it out earlier this weekend. Uh, check out my Twitter feed fa- at Fast Track Five Fifty. The 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 trophy is even the Ninja Turtles. This they've gone all out with this uh, promotion. It's a, a really fun deal that uh, Chicagoland Speedway's done with the folks at uh, Nickelodeon and Viacom. Uh, they used to do the SpongeBob SquarePants Four Hundred. I think it was what it used to be, but this year it's the Ninja Turtles, and uh, even some of the cars. In the field, have have Ninja Turtle paint schemes, and then the big trophy is all about Ninja Turtles. So, uh, if you like Ninja Turtles, there's even more additional reason to watch the race today. But Kyle Busch will be on the pole. Brad Keselowski will join him on the front row. Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick in row two. Carl Edwards and Martin Truex will be in row three. Matt Kenseth, Jimmy Johnson, row four. Joey Logano, Kyle Larson round out your top ten starters today. As uh, actually the field set with all the chase guys at the front of the field because it is the uh, the even the chase owner points. So you're, all your chase drivers will be starting right inside uh, the top 16 for today's race. So that's a, a very uh, – it'll be interesting right off the bat with uh, all 16 drivers uh, right up at the front of the field when we go green here today. All, so outside of the top 10, you've got Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, Chris Buescher, who is, don't forget, in the chase, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, and Jamie McMurray with those last three drivers uh, being the three drivers that don't have wins in the chase. Uh, so they are at the bottom of the chase grid because they don't have those win bonus points uh, to put them near the top. So that's why Elliott, Dillon, and McMurray uh, start 14th, 15th, and 16th today. And then you look at the guy starting 17th, Alex Bowman starting 17th today. So don't forget uh, no Dale Jr. in today's race. Dale Jr. again will miss uh, the remainder uh, of the season um, because of of uh, the ongoing concussion issues. And Alex Bowman and Jeff Gordon are going to kind of split up the 88, the remaining races of the season. Uh, the bulk of the starts will go to Bowman. You'll see Jeff Gordon uh, at Martinsville, and I can't remember now the other dates that Gordon's going to fill in, but I think the majority of these chase races, you'll see Bowman uh, in the 88 car, but uh, the 88 team is the highest in the owner points, not in the chase, so that's why uh, he starts 17th today. But uh, the chase is, the, the, this current format of the chase, the elimination style, um, where we go from the round to the 16, and then we have three races, and they cut it to 12, and cut it to 8, and cut it to 4, uh, has been th- these last two seasons have it's been you get we've gotten very unexpected results or we we've, we've seen some really unexpected things happen because uh, it's I think it's taken a couple of years for for teams and drivers to really get a, a good strategy and even even now you know I, I don't know if if teams really know certain teams might not know how to uh, per- attack the chase you know it's it's not like. Uh, running for a full season championship where you can concentrate more on points versus wins. In this system, you can do, you can either concentrate on winning a race and just winning and advancing, or you can concentrate on being consistent enough to advance to the next round. And so you've got, so you've got all out of these 16 teams, you've probably got different teams on different strategies, but something about the pressure that this format has brought makes drivers crazy. And, I love it and I hate it at the same time. I, I love it because it forces these guys to race harder than they probably would had without a chase format. Uh, I mean, you look at what happened last weekend in Richmond and the the end of the race, and you know, guys just going three and four wide, and you can tell that maybe not panicking is the word, but the way they drove so hard to the front of the field, you. you you just don't see it. I mean, they yes, they're trying all 36 races of the year, but you can tell at certain times of the races or in certain races, they 
they try a little bit harder or they do things that they normally wouldn't do, say at, you know, say at a mile and a half track in the middle of the season, in the middle of the regular season, the drivers drive differently when it comes to the chase and or or if they're trying to make the chase at the end of the regular season. They do drive different. They 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 still are giving 100%. I don't think it's a matter of them not giving 100%, but they do will be more aggressive behind the wheel knowing if they need to get to a certain spot to earn enough points to whether it's to advance to the chase or advance to the next round or if they need to win to advance. Uh drivers drive a heck of a lot different and the intensity uh ratchets up tenfold and it's it's exciting and it also can make you crazy at the same time because then you get things like last year with with Matt Kenseth and Joey Logano and that that well I'm trying to use a word that that's not offensive but just that that crap show we had last year uh with with Kenseth dumping Logano at Martinsville last year or you have uh, the race at the the Texas incident when with Gordon and Keslowski and uh, Kevin Harvick, you know, and that that scuffle on pit road, or you've got Kenseth going after um, going after uh, Keslowski uh, between the trailers at, at Charlotte two years ago, and it looks it looked like they filmed it like a vignette for for Monday Night Raw because it was this weird behind the scenes thing where they were they cut to Keslowski walking between the two haulers, and then Kenseth just swoops in from behind the camera and tackles Keselowski, and it looked like some backstage brawl you'd see on, on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and it just, not that they're being fake about it, Kenseth was, was genuinely pissed off, but it just, it's it's not racing, you know. it's it's It looks like pro wrestling, and, and that that can, for some, for some people, people love that drama. That's maybe part of the reason why they watch the sport. For someone like me, uh, I get uh, really turned off about it. Um, when when stupid things like that happen, I I get these guys are are passionate and um you know the the, the I, I do like the drama some of the time, but when it just when it when it breaks down into just these brawls and and shenanigans like that, uh, I just don't really enjoy it. I think it takes away from the sport, but it's something about this chase that uh just just drives these guys crazy because they have to go so hard uh at least. If not for every race, they've they've got to go hard and harder than normal until they know that they're going to advance to the next 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 round, and they want to, you know, get that win or stay up in the points and um, and move on to the, to the next round of the chase. And it it's just uh, unbelievable what it has done to these drivers. It it seriously makes them crazy. Uh, when you look at the chase, and I kind of mentioned when we did the the season finale a couple weeks ago. Um, at Watkins Glen, I you know I kind of made my four picks for for the chase, and we'll, I'm going to review them here in just a second. But if you've got your chase picks, uh, I'd love to hear them here at eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. You know which four drivers are you kind of targeting that uh, you think will advance to the championship foursome uh, at Homestead? Um, I usually do really badly when I, when I make these picks. I've tried to pick it the last two years, and I think I've gotten maybe one right uh, each of the four years. I mean, the first year we had, you know, just that wild final four with, you know, just uh, with with Hamlin and uh, and then Ryan Newman made it in uh, Logano and uh, why am I uh, Harvick? Duh, uh, I was trying to think of the fourth guy. I knew it was the guy that won the championship and Harvick. You know, Harvick was the obvious pick, but the other three. Uh, were, were kind of they came out of nowhere. Hamlin had missed part part of the season with an injury. 
Logano still hadn't really reached, you know, that that next pinnacle level, which I think he broke through the following year when he won the Daytona 500. So he was still kind of uh, kind of an underdog dark horse. And then nobody thought Newman was going to make it all the way to the final four because he's um, he Ryan's a good driver, but. Uh, you know he's not he, he's not in the one of the top teams in the sport. He's with Richard Childress, which is just kind of a step below those those level one A teams. So that was kind of uh, a surprise that he had made the final four the first year of the chase. So it always seems like you can make all the picks you want, but it, it's it, there's always going to be somebody that winds up in that that foursome this year, and uh, it's just going to kind of people are going to get there and it's gonna like how huh, how did that guy get there? So. I don't know who that guy this year, you know, it might be Chase Elliott. He might be that that guy that makes the final four that really blows everybody away. Uh, Chase, you know, still doesn't have a win here in his rookie season, but he's the only uh, what? No, he's not the only rookie. I take that back. Chris Buescher also is a rookie. Uh, But, you you know, out of between him and Ryan Blaney, you know, those were the big two names of the rookie class this year. And and Elliott made made the chase this year. Only one of two Hendrick drivers to make the chase this year, along with Jimmy Johnson. You know, Casey Kane didn't make it, and then Dale Jr. had his injury issues that uh, kept him from trying to make the chase this year. So Chase's uh, started off strong. The performance kind of tailed off slightly. You know, in the the second half of the regular season. But uh, he is in the chase without a win. But I think that could be you know that dark horse name that somehow either Chase starts winning some races for the first time in his career, which could happen, or, you know, he just somehow starts pointing his way into these next rounds. He advances to the top 12, advances to the top eight, and then somehow garners enough points or and is able to sneak into that four spot, especially if he's like that fourth guy going to the final four while the other three won a race to get in. You know, he's like the top driver out of the the, the remaining drivers um, that don't have – that didn't get a win that he somehow points his way in through each round uh that will be a, a re- remarkable feat so i think elliot is is kind of that that guy that that could be the spoiler this year that he's kind of the wild card driver in the chase um but not in my my four picks i'm still kind of going with what i said two weeks ago when we did uh the the last show of the year uh at Watkins Glen our last regular show of the year uh and that is of course i'm going with uh carl edwards and uh Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and I, you know Kyle Busch is going to have a, another, or excuse me, not Kyle Busch. Denny Hamlin was the uh, the other name I said, um, not, not Kyle Busch, but uh, Hamlin, Edwards, Logano, and Harvick are my final four picks, and I still think that it's going to be Carl Edwards. I know he has not been the 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 dominant drive. Well, he's he's had a good year. He's won some races, but you know this this season has been about you know Kyle Busch. And you know Bush and Hamlin, just for the Joe Gibbs drivers, for as much success as all four of those drivers have had this year, it's been kind of Bush and Hamlin that have kind of, you know, been been I guess the the lead dogs of of the bunch. Uh, I still think Edwards, um, ever since uh, coming out of uh, Charlotte last year, you know, once he signed down with this 19 team, something clicked over there and they took off. If you look at the stats from last season, his results after the the 600 last year in May, they were an amazing consistent team and this year it's been another year where he has just been consistently good and right there and maybe not making a lot of noise while doing it um you know Edwards has done it right for as good as Harvick has been at that this year um you know I I I don't I I just think that you know Edwards will somehow find a way whereas Harvick you know he won the championship two years ago but he this year they've had the issues with the pit crew once again and uh it just seems like 
Harvick is one of those guys where just some days he can just have a bad day, and I think in the end, you know, those bad days might catch up to him in the end. And uh, it's hard to pick against Truex, too. Um, and, and I got a tweet here just mentioning Truex, actually. Um, you know, it's hard to, 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 not, to not pick Truex as much as I you know, think it's he's having a phenomenal year. That team is even better this year than they were last year. As for as good as a year they had last year. Now they've hooked up with the Gibbs operation this year. I mean, look at, look at Martin Truex Jr.'s season. He is thousands, a, a couple thousands of a second away from having won the Daytona 500, the Coke 600, and the Southern 500 all in the same year. The three biggest races outside of maybe the Brickyard 400, uh, you know, Truex could have won all three. He just, you know, he lost the 500 by centimeters over Hamlin, but had that race gone that way, just think about that, that Truex could have won all three of those huge tentpole races on the schedule in one year. Just shows how well they, uh, how great that team is. And when they have good days and when they win races, they're just bloody dominant and no one can touch them. But they also still have days especially earlier in the year when they are dominant and for some reason or another, whether it's through their own fault, you know, a bad call by Cole Perrin or just, you know, a late caution comes up and maybe they stay out and some other guys pit and go by them. You know, they've had those days too. And again, I just, when you have days like that, you can't have days like that in the last 10 races of the year. And that also, I think might keep Martin Truex from advancing to the final four. He could get to the, maybe the round of eight this year, but again, uh, for as dominant as they can be, um, just some days aren't don't go their way, and they have a penchant for that as well too, which is why I'm keeping Truex in my final four. So I'm going with again uh, Edwards, Hamlin, Logano, and Harvick, and I think Carl Edwards is going to be your champion. And uh, Carl knows how to you know he's handled stressful situations before. Don't forget back in 2011, that last race at Homestead, going for the championship against Stewart, and you know in the end they they tied for the championship, but. Tony won it on the tiebreaker, of course. Uh, you know, Carl knows how to deal with pressure, and uh, I think uh, he'll be doing some backflips at Homestead. Uh, that'll be my chase pick. Again, 803-0551-888-550-2550. The, uh, other big, the big story of the week, uh, there's been a lot of talk, really, in the last couple of weeks about penalties and infractions, especially with this laser inspection system that NASCAR has now that they've implemented here the last year or two. Um, with teams being outside of the parameters set when they take the car to the laser inspection, whether it's pre or post race, especially post race now, and they're out of the parameters and they getting dinged for penalties, and we're seeing that almost now on a weekly basis, especially the guys that win the race. Which, you know, if in other forms of motorsports, you know, on the local level, if the winner is illegal, he's DQ'd and is declared not the winner. Well. Obviously, that doesn't happen in NASCAR. The, if the winner is found illegal in some way, there is just a penalty. And with the post-race inspection, you know, it is not all – if they're off by point, you know, zero 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 millimeters, you know, how much really would have that enhanced their performance? You know, it, by if, if they had been that point zero 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 whatever in line and been legal, you know, how much is that really giving them an advantage? So I get why – you know, you can't toss a guy from winning a race for maybe just being off that much, but he's still outside the line. And, of course, NASCAR has their tiered penalty system for based on how severe of an infraction or how severely you are outside of the rules uh, is determines how severe your penalty is, whether it's just a fine or whether it's lack of practice time or crew chief suspensions, points fines, even driver suspensions, which we haven't seen got that far. Well, this week, NASCAR kind of tightened up those penalties and – 
and now for really egregious violations of not only the laser inspection rule, but also that whole lug nut rule thing that has been a, a topic of discussion this year, how we've had to go from, you know, at the start of the year, you didn't have to have any, you, you know, as long as the tire didn't fall off, you were fine. You could have two, three lug nuts on there. If the tire didn't fall off, you'd be fine. And then we had, you know, Tony Stewart making his comments, and then NASCAR did the 180, and they said, all right, you got to have all the lug nuts on. You know, no excuses. If you're missing a lug nut, your crew chief is suspended. Well, NASCAR kind of t- took a step back from that. No longer will a crew chief get suspended for one missing lug nut. However, if they are missing, I think it's two or three, it definitely at least three, if not more, then you are going to get what is called an encumbered finish. And this is also if you are uh, so far outside of the parameters in the laser inspection during post-race. Um, there will be now what is called an encumbered finish, where basically you will still get credit for the win here in the chase. However, NASCAR can say, that's great, you won the race, here's the money, here's the points, but you are not getting to move on to the next round of the chase. Because remember, a win is an automatic ticket to the next round of the chase. Uh, Whoever wins today, they're set for the round of 12 already in the chase. Well, NASCAR has updated the rules saying now, if you have only 17 lug nuts or tight lug nuts on the car at the end of the race, or if your car is a little, if too much out of a skew in the rear end, uh, we're not letting you advance the chase. You're going to still have to make the chase on points with because that win's not going to give you an automatic advance to the next round. So uh, they tightened it up. It's kind of an interesting twist. I like it because, especially when it comes to the laser inspection, the lug nut stuff. I think is you know I'm I'm I've done with that. You know it's it, it the fact the, the the they keep changing the lug nut stuff that that I don't. Whatever that that you, you as long as the I, I'm I'm more with as long as the tire doesn't fall off you're fine. But with the laser inspection, the reason why I'm glad they did this is because I understand during a race cars get damaged and you know things can get bumped out of position. But what I don't like is that teams apparently design parts on these cars to do that during the race to help the performance. That uh, if a driver scrapes the wall, you know maybe even on purpose that that a certain piece or part in the car will break or you know cave in a little and allow the body to get tweaked that much to help the the aerodynamic performance. So when they're trying to cheat on purpose, that's why I'm glad they've done this. You know, it's like the the guys doing the the burnouts post race the winners, you know when they they spin the tires so hard they blow up and then they shred and they tear up the back end of the race car. I'm not saying every time a guy does that they're trying to do that cuz they're trying to break something so they can they can pass tech but there is that hint of that now and you, you hear that every time now that a driver does that that oh he must be trying to mess up the body works so they can't find him you know illegal and post-race tech so I am glad that you know they've kind of thrown this in that now a win it, it, a win is still a win except that you can't advance to the chase if you're outside and again this has to be a real egregious violation it's not for the guy that's point zero 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 I believe and I apologize for not having the chart in front of me. I was scrambling to find it before the show, but I think it's something like .59 to point, you know, anything over .59, it, um, whatever, millimeters or centimeters outside of the, the, when it comes to the rear skew of the race car, um, that that's when you get that in, encumbered finish, and you'll hear that phrase a lot probably over the next 10 weeks. Um, so I'm glad they did that for the teams that purposely designed their cars 
to break on purpose in, in, in order to make them perform better. I, I mean, you see it a lot this year. You see the guys on the cool-down lap. They, they swerve the car back and forth like they're trying to keep the heat and the tires under caution. But the race is over, so why are they doing it? And I, I'm not Mr. Black Helicopter when it comes to NASCAR. I don't think everything in the sport is, is fixed or everybody's cheating. But, you know, why are they doing that? There, there must be something in those cars that they're, they're trying to – Get by the inspectors post race if if they need to do that because it it seems to happen on a regular basis this year and you, you didn't see it in the past. So there is my uh my again my Mister I know I'm Mister Black and White when it comes to the rules. I'm not much for gray areas when it comes to the rules. You're either cheating or you're not. So that has uh, always been my stance. Eight oh three oh five fifty. We're gonna head to a break though. When we come back. Parker Kligerman is gonna join us, but you can still get your phone calls in too on your chase picks. And we'll be back with more of this special Chase Kickoff Edition slash No Bill Sunday of Fast Track here on WGR. Eleven thirty-three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Dave Buchanan and this special No Bill Sunday slash Spring Cup Chase Kickoff Edition of WGR's Fast Track. Bills will be back next Sunday, of course, at home hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to today, though. Too. I mean, I've got NASCAR race to watch too. But today's the first Sunday I can flip on the old Red Zone channel and just zone out for a little bit too. The, the Red Zone channel is the greatest invention ever. I don't. I don't have the the television provider that has the Sunday ticket, but Red Zone channel is is the next best thing. And, and the best part about it is no commercials. I think you could just. You just lock on and just it's just there for for seven and a half hours. It is, you know, Brayton, you know what I'm talking about the Red Zone Channel, right? Oh yeah, an NFL Network. Yeah, it's it's great. No commercials. They they flip flip around for you. You, you. you know, you just you just get the action. You don't have to listen to the the analysis between plays and, and all the other stupid things during the broadcast. And it is just great. It is a neat little feature. It's, it really is. It's if so. I, if I can't get the ticket, this is the next best thing, and maybe better because I don't have to flip around either. Because they they take you to all the good stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I'll also be doing some channel flipping because you know the the chase race is on at two thirty. Also, I, I guess I'll have to do some more channel flipping today because today is also the final race of the season for the Verizon Indy Car Series, which of course was at Watkins Glen two weeks ago. Scott Dixon uh, picked up the win at the Glen two weeks ago in dominating fashion, and, and really no surprise. But is third in the championship standings, 104 points out, and really will need some help today as Simon Pagino and Will Power are ahead of him in the standings, and Pagino comes into today's race with a 43-point lead over his teammate Will Power at uh, Sonoma, but it will be Pagino on the pole today. Uh, Elio Castroneves will be in row one with him. Juan Pablo Montoya, Will Power in row two. Graham Rahal, Ryan Hunter Ray in row three. Scott Dixon starts seventh, and Alexander Rossi, Sebastian Bourdais, and Joseph Newgarden round out the uh, the top 10 starters but even with uh, I believe it's double points on the line today uh, at Sonoma I really think uh, Pagano is going to kind of tie this one up and uh, pick up his first career championship and another championship for team Penske and man what a what a qual I missed it here the qualifying performance all top four drivers are Penske cars so they are uh, loaded to do some damage today and uh, I think I think Pagano will be your, your series champion come the end uh, of the day and uh, one other interesting note about today's IndyCar race today will be the the final race um, that Chip Ganassi Racing will be sponsored by Target in the IndyCar series. The Target is leaving the the IndyCar program. They're still going to be part of Ganassi's uh, Sprint Cup 
operation with Kyle Larson for next year and might be a good idea to stick around. But uh, they will not be on the IndyCar Scott Dixon starting next year. Um, so that is a, kind of a sad thing. Target and Chip Ganassi have gone a long time back in the IndyCar days, then kind of joined the, him in the NASCAR operation uh, about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. But they've been with Ganassi's IndyCar ride for a long time. And uh, so it'll be sad to see a sponsor go. I thought it was interesting, though, uh, at I was, of course, at Watkins Glen. So I was down in Victory Lane, and they were kind of they, the, they have like a public address announcer that interviews the top three before they do the podium pictures. And one of the phone calls that uh, I'm assuming Chip Ganassi made, but Scott Dixon also talked to on the phone in Victory Lane was a former Target executive. So you can see that there's been some changes at the corporate level, which is probably why this kind of sponsorship deal is, is ending for Target. And I'm assuming the executives that really like auto racing, and that's why Target invested so many dollars into it over the years, uh, you know, if those people don't work there anymore, you know, it happens. It, it's, I, I've seen it locally, even where we're executives and companies have changed and they've rolled out they've they've cut back their their uh, motorsports marketing dollars because of it but that is the nature of the beast let's go to the at&t hotline right now though we made him wait i'm holding long enough i apologize joining us from nbc sports also a driver in the nascar camping world truck series parker kligerman is on the line pk it's uh, dave buchanan here in buffalo good morning great to talk to you good morning thanks for having me on nope no problem uh, you are a, a great member of the the nbc sports uh program with their their nascar coverage and today at 2 30 it's uh, the teenage mutant ninja turtles 400 from the chicago speedway and just give us your thoughts here parker as we uh, kick off the the 2016 edition of the chase well i mean you uh you hit the nail on the head there we're heading to chicago and it's going to be pressure packed i think this is going to be probably one of the most competitive chases we've ever seen um you know i think if you listen to a lot of the drivers teams you know this is the third time we're going to enter in with this format this elimination format and i think they're starting to understand some of the strategies to it. Um, and because of that, you know, these teams are more prepared than ever, so it's going to be more competitive than ever. Um, but, you know, w- with that comes a lot more pressure. So I think uh, I think we're in for an exciting time, and who doesn't love, you know, this, this chase format right now that just puts so much emphasis on each and every race uh, because you, you just can't afford one bad race. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, then you have to go win. So it's just an incredible format, and I think uh, you know we're in for a really exciting show. Well, I'm glad we have you on this morning because as a driver, you can kind of help help me figure this out, or if you can let me know if, if if I got this right. But it seems like, in my opinion, watching these first two years of this elimination style chase, that it makes the drivers crazy. I mean, you you look at the the incidents we've had here in the last couple of years, the. The thing at Texas with Brad and Jeff and Harvick, uh, last uh, Keslowski and Kenseth at Charlotte, and then Joey and Kenseth last year at Martinsville and Kansas and everything. Would you agree, as a driver, that this format, the pressure of it, just kind of does something to these drivers, and, and the simplest thing can tweak these guys and they go nuts? Well, yeah, and I think it just comes down, you know, you said the pressure. It just it's it's the idea that your whole season, your whole, uh, everything you've worked for all year can be defined or vindicated in one race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where it really comes from. It's just, it puts an incredible amount of emphasis. But, and let me say that, you know, the National Spring Cup Series is by far, far none, the most competitive racing series in the world. Yep. And when you have, not only you have 39 other competitors that you have to beat week in, week out that are some of the best in the world, the most highly funded teams in the world, but then also... You get to a point where now to race for a championship, you're put against some of the the 15 best other out, other drivers out there. Once you made the chase, 
and you're racing the other drivers that are in the series, and then you come down to where it's three races at a time or even one race at a time that's going to make or break your season, a championship that can define your career. I think it's just incredible pressure and incredibly competitive, and that's why we see some of the emotions come out that we do. Lots of uh, big names, of course, in this year's chase, and the field will eventually get pared down to four, Parker. Who are some of the guys you're looking at as kind of the favorites that you might have filled in on your chase grid that you think will make the final four when we get to Homestead in a couple of months? Ooh, that was tough. You know, I, as I said, how competitive it was incredibly uh, hard to even just choose the chase kid. We did it last week on NASCAR America mm-hmm. uh, at NBCSN, and, and the funny thing was, in the first round, you had to knock out someone really good, and I actually knocked out Jimmy Johnson. I have him getting out the first round, but my final four uh, came down to the two drivers I'm really watching, which is Denny Hamlin, the 11, Joe Lodano, the 22. I just, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I've been seeing in the average green flag speed, average running position for a 22 car that makes me very positive for their chase uh, hopes. The 11, obviously, anyone from Joe Gibbs Racing right now or in a Toyota is absolutely, you know, going to have a chance at making the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Martin Truex Jr. in there, and then, of course, Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick has been, bar none, the best car that is in a Toyota uh, this whole season. So there's no reason to think he won't make it to the Final Four. Um, and then I have Joe Lugano win the championship. So I think, uh, you know, sometimes you got to lose a championship to win one. Mm-hmm. Joey obviously experienced that last year. Um, and I think that, you know, this is his year that, to kind of sneak up on it instead of being so blatantly fast like he was last year. Uh, and Todd Gordon and that team are really, really focused and, and showing, you know, some good numbers, although it doesn't show up in results yet, uh, that could really sneak up on the competition and win this championship. Our final fours were almost identical. I had Edwards instead of Truex, but I also had Logano, Hamlin, and Harvick as my other uh, th- uh, three chased uh, finalists once we get to Homestead. Um, Harvick, the four team, they have just been lights out ever since this team was created and Roddy Childers and Kevin Harvick got together. I mean, they won the title in 2014, 2015. They had a phenomenal year, though it didn't come through at the end. Uh, just from your from your, um, from your your perspective, just can you believe how good they are week in and week out? All the second place finishes, all the wins, all the top fives. I mean, this is... This is going on almost three years of this level of performance, and you don't see a driver perform on this level that long that often. No, it, it has been incredible. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of people suspected it um, from what we saw out of Kevin in that 29 car RCR before he went to the four. You know, one thing that was really incredible about uh, what Kevin Harvick was achieving over at RCR was that you saw a lot of his teammates weren't achieving the same season ending results. They weren't you know, fighting for championships uh, and race wins like he was. And, and you had this feeling, a lot like I felt like with Carl Edwards, that he was an A-level driver taking maybe a B-plus car and giving it A-level performances. Sure. Uh, and then you take him and you put him in a, a equipment that's absolutely A-plus level uh, with a crew chief like Ronnie Childers, who's far none one of the best crew chiefs in the, in the game right now. And you combine all those things together, you're going to get A-plus driver and A-plus car, and you're going to get A-plus performance. And that's what we're seeing right now. Um, and I just think, uh, you know, until until they find a, or until they seem to, you know, uh, have a mishap or something, uh, we're going to continue to see this car be one of the fastest in the series week in and week out. Well, you gave us your, your final four, but who's someone that could play a spoiler, Parker? I, I think that person might be Chase Elliott. I know it's for good as he's been in his rookie year. Uh, that That's going to be my surprise name to maybe make the final four. Who Who is someone that you're looking at that might, you know, could shock the world and kind of be like Ryan Newman a couple of years ago and make it to Homestead? Well, you, you mentioned uh, his, the guy I'm 
teammate that I'm going to actually say, and that's Austin Dillon. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 31 cars was able to point his way to the Final Four, and I think that although the three car hasn't won a race this year, he's been close. Um, I think that Austin Dillon, Sparger Labby have had a, a very good performance this season. They've been around an eighth, ninth place car all year. Um, I think that bodes really well, at least for making it through the first uh, first round. If they have a, I think he's a he's a confident super speedway racer. So for the second round, he's going to be able to get his way through Chaudega. Uh, and then the hardest one for him will be the third round. But if you want to have a dark horse, I'd say that three car would be a good one. Parker Kligerman from NBC Sports joining us. Parker, thanks for the time. Real quick, uh, where can we see you, A, on TV next, and B, when can we see you on the racetrack next? Uh, you can always catch me on NASCAR America, uh, Monday through Friday, or Monday through Thursday, sorry, at 6 p.m. on NBCSN. And then uh, just be sure to tune in to the races, and especially today, 2.30 on NBCSN, Chicago, and it's going to be exciting. You got any truck races coming up still this season? Oh, yes. Uh, my bad. Uh, I think the next one for me will be Vegas. Okay. A couple weeks. Very good. Parker, thanks for the time this morning. Enjoy the kickoff to the chase, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right. Parker Klegerman from NBC Sports. You can catch him, on, uh, as he said, NASCAR America on NBC, and you can also see him in the Camping World Truck Series. He's got 10 starts under his belt. Actually, Parker had a really good start to the year, and unfortunately and I, uh, you know, had some sponsor troubles and, and couldn't keep the ride full-time. But he got he was leading the points, I think, like the first couple of weeks into the Truck Series season. Speaking of the Truck Series, next weekend at New Hampshire – our buddy Stuart Friesen will be making his second career uh, start on pavement, third career start overall in the Truck Series uh, this coming weekend at New Hampshire for the uh, the Hallmark International Team. So if you're uh, looking to find the truck race next weekend, keep an eye on uh, the 16 truck and our buddy Stuart Friesen. Speaking of local racers, we'll talk more about them in the final segment here, our traditional local racing roundup, and kind of give you a preview of some big racing still to come here in western New York and southern Ontario uh, today and even in the weeks to come. So we'll kind of run down that and recap some results and wring out some wet clothes because there's some rain this weekend. When we wrap up this special edition of Fast Track next here on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. I guess we could call this the, the local racing rain-up because we're talking more about weather cancellations and, and such. But there was some racing on Friday. Lancaster National Dragway. Wayne Cleveland picked up the win in top eight. Jerry Manzi in top ET. Lou Hyde in mod ET. Ryan Rickardson in the Gasser Racing Series mod division. Barry Lingle in the Gasser Racing Series Gassers. Rob Brandell in sleds and bikes. And John Sierra Jr. picked up the win in street ET. The drag racing program at Lancaster wraps up uh, two weeks, uh, September 30th. They will have their final event of the 2016 season and crown their track champions. Friday night, Ranceville Speedway, they got the first half of King of the Hill weekend in, but not uh, both halves as they got rained out on Saturday. And they will make it up this Friday night uh, with the 100 lappers for both the street stocks and the sportsmen. Uh, they will be running this Friday, September 23rd. So uh, mark that in your calendars. Um, I don't have... Who won on Friday? Unfortunately, I had it, and then I deleted it, and now I can't bring it back, so I apologize. Uh, also, Friday night action, Oswego Speedway Race of Champions Weekend, where I was on Friday night. Uh, Patrick Emerling picked up the win in the Sportsman 75 lapper over teammate Mike Leedy, and Tommy Catalano finished third, Matt Hirschman finished fourth, and Mike Nichols picked up another win in the Superstock portion of Race of Champions Weekend. Unfortunately, Saturday, postponed by Mother Nature, the events, the feature events, were postponed until October 29th, including the uh, 
Race of Champions 250. Also, Little Valley Speedway got rained out this weekend as well. So did uh, Ashwikan Speedway. Their big Canadian Sprint Car Nationals that were supposed to run yesterday got rained out. They are racing today at Ashwikan. Uh, like 75 Sprint Car teams registered. It's one of the biggest 360 Sprint Car races in North America. That is today at the Ashwikan Speedway. Also, Humberstone Speedway has their regular racing event of the season tonight, and it's a big one there. Safe Cracker 100 for the Dirt Car Sportsman, plus final points for their other weekly divisions. Uh, I believe it's like $1,500 to win for uh, the Sportsman tonight at Humberstone Speedway. So that gets going at 6.30. So you got some options if you want to go uh, across the border to see some racing today. Uh, a couple of really cool events uh, between Ashwikan and Humberstone. This week is a very busy week uh, for Lancaster Speedway fans. The action starts Thursday night. Uh, they've got their season championship night, which was postponed last Saturday for the Sportsman Street Stocks and Four Cylinders. It was they're going to make it up Thursday at seven o'clock. It's just ten bucks to get in. Uh, Sportsman Street Stocks Four Cylinders Three Division seven o'clock. Bing bang boom. Hopefully out of there at a decent time. And then the next day kicks off U.S. Open weekend, which is you know the big end of year weekend at Lancaster Speedway. Friday is practice plus the U.S. Open kickoff party. Saturday is headlined by the Sportsman Seventy Five Lapper. That should be an awesome race. It always is. Great turnout of teams. Uh, plus the super stocks, which should be wide open too, because the rules are opened up for the different tire compounds for the two super stock series, plus TQ midgets and four cylinders. Sunday, two o'clock, the U.S. Open 125 for the Race of Champions Modified Series. Street stock 35 lapper, that should be fun because there's been a lot of street stocks this year. And the late models too are in action on Sunday. So lots of racing at Lancaster this weekend. Uh, by the way, Matt Hirschman is going to be at Lancaster on Sunday. I talked to him at Oswego. I know Matt has been uh, kind of missing in action on the Race of Champions series this year due to some uh, budget issues, I guess, and some, some logistics issues with his team. They haven't been able to make them as many trips out this way from their home in Pennsylvania that they've liked to. But uh, Matt was at Oswego, of course, this weekend with a Sportsman and a Modified, and it, he intends on being at Lancaster on Sunday to run the U.S. Open. So we're, we're glad to have Matt coming back to Western New York because he hasn't spent all that much time here. And I know how much Matt loves running uh, all the racetracks in Western New York. Uh, that'll do it. Thank you. Uh, Bill, don't worry. Bills are back next Sunday. But uh, if there's another opening later on this year, uh, we'll potentially be back. Stay tuned. Follow us on social media uh, at FastTrack550 and Facebook.com slash WGRFastTrack. I'm always on those pages. You can always interact with me there. And uh, we'll also keep you updated if we have any more special chase editions of the show to bring you this fall. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon uh, here on WGR. Stay tuned for Football Triple Header. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.